Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Hey, so how to eat more and train less part two. I felt that I needed to add on to part one with some more practical tips for you guys to explain what I mean by eating more and training less. It would be ideal if we could just eat whatever we like all the time and get the results we want, but we know that that's not the case. So in part one, we spoke about training and recovery. So when we want to train in less time, We generally need to up the intensity when we want to build muscle. We need to allow for recovery time between our workouts. So we can't just smash ourselves to lose body fat or build muscle or even get fitter because we'll probably reach a point where we're going to be uh, going backwards in that regard. And I'm sure that some of you have probably been there before. So We also can't just eat as little as possible because if we're not fueled, workouts are going to suck and you get less out of them in terms of the adaptations that you're trying to get, such as getting fitter, building muscles. So you're not going to work out as well if you're not properly fueled. But as most people have a fat loss goal as part of their fitness goals, um, They tend to think if I just eat as little as possible, I'm going to get there quicker. It can work for some people. What I see generally doesn't work for most of us. If you try to eat as little as possible, you're less likely to stick to your plan for long enough to get results. So you may be able to do it for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month, but it usually blows out at some point and results in an overeating event of like either a few days, a week or whatever, which then just takes back any progress that you made in the time that you put so much effort in. So I'm really interested in how can we moderate things? How can I help my clients to moderate their habits so that they can get the results they want, less stress and less time? So I mentioned in part one about eating more protein and plant-based foods, not only for your health, but for recovery from workouts, plus how to use carbohydrates to fuel workouts. What does eating more for less look like in practice if the goal is fat loss? So number one, we're going to need to manage hunger with low calorie per bite foods. I touched on this in part one. If your goal is fat loss, then you will probably need to manage your hunger at some point to be able to stick to your plan. Willpower likely won't cut it for most people. It just doesn't, as I mentioned before. So with a little bit of planning, you can fill your plate with foods that will help you feel fuller for less calories, like protein foods, as I mentioned before, Um, and fruits and veg, for example. So think of it like filling the space in your stomach for less, which is really important for those of us that do have like um, a high appetite or we really like to eat. Not everybody does. Um, So we want to fill up that space in our stomach for less, put quite simply. 
there are hormonal processes involved, but we're just going to look at it from a practical standpoint. So I have an example meal that I like to use to illustrate this that I would sometimes have for breakfast or post-workout. So this meal is 330 grams of food. So it fills up a really big bowl or plate. That is a lot of food um, for 161 calories, which makes it about two calories per gram, the whole meal. So it's quite low, quite low in energy. And it is 150 grams of plain Greek yogurt, 80 grams of a fresh apple diced up, 100 grams of strawberries and a sprinkle of cinnamon. So you could use any fruits that you like, um, any berries, pear, uh, what else is there? I have used kiwi fruit before. It just really depends what's in season and what you like as well. There's nothing special about apple and strawberries together. It's just usually what I have here and it meets that criteria for the low calories per bite. So it's very filling and high in protein with the Greek yogurt. Um, if you needed like a higher calorie meal, you could also include some oats, cereal or nuts. I just recommend portioning them out because this will up the calorie content of the whole meal, uh, which is fine. It just really depends on your needs at the time, your goals and what the rest of your day of eating looks like uh, and week. So compare that meal of 330 grams of food for 161 calories to a 50 gram serving of muesli, which at around four calories per gram is delicious, but it probably won't touch the sides on its own. So this is where we're starting to play around with putting our food together to get more for less and feel fuller for longer. Um, so at other meals, you could try to include half of your plate of leafy green or cruciferous. I can never say that, vegetables. So think your broccoli, your cauliflower, your carrots, your um, everything, everything really, whatever you like. Um, what else am I trying to think of? It's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm like mentally going through my crisper. I'm just having a brain fart because I'm actually speaking about this um, out loud. So you know what I mean anyway. Well, I hope you do. And if you don't, you can practice eating more vegetables. If you think that you are someone who doesn't eat vegetables, it's time to start being a grown up. If you struggle to get them in, don't be afraid to use low calorie condiments like tomato sauce or hot sauce, for example. Just go the types of sauces that don't include um a lot of fats like oils and mayo, that kind of stuff. So if you do use it sparingly, whatever you need to get it down, to be honest. So the more that you practice this, the more you're going to get used to it, just like with your training and the better results you're going to get. So there are some down, some other downsides, including, yes, you do need to be organized. But I find for me personally, doing a big shop on a Sunday and stocking up on those um, fresh fruits and veg then restocking the midweek works best for us. Frozen veg and fruit is also a great option if you are so busy that you can't even do that. So another way to get more out of your meals for less is to space them out and plan your day of eating rather than grazing all day. It's harder to keep track of how much we've had when we're snacking all day 
or to even feel satisfied because we just tend to go looking for food. We keep topping ourselves up all day and we don't quite feel satisfied because we're sort of eating mindlessly. So we're not actually even remembering that we ate something and I've been guilty of this before. Um, food recall is notoriously in, inaccurate. So if you're one of those people who goes about your day and then sits down at the end of your day and goes, I'm just going to put what I ate into my fitness pal and work it out. Um, oh, look, I only ate 1200 calories today. You're probably not correct. You haven't recalled correctly. You probably haven't entered the right quantities it's just what we do. And that's one of the reasons that calorie tracking can, can fall down. So this is where we start to use these other strategies like food selection. So um, going back to spacing out your meals. So limiting your snacking. A lot of snacking just tends to be done out of habit rather than hunger. Hunger? Hunger? Hunger. And these extra foods add up over time. So have a look at your routine. Work out the best times for you to eat around your job, um, that your preferences as well, um, other things that you may have on such as training. Try to leave three to four hours between main meals and don't snack between. See how you go. Um, it will take some practice um, and also try to choose the time to eat when you can sit down and enjoy the food and have a larger, more satisfying meal. So yes, you might feel a little bit of hunger between meals initially, but that's just your body's built-in calorie tracking app telling you that you're ready to eat again. So when we top ourselves up all day with snacks and, oh, yes, I'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, um, that's fine if your goal is to do what you want all the time. But if you're listening to this, it's likely that your goal is to improve your body composition. So we can't just do what we want um, all the time in that case. Um, number three, please don't label foods good or bad. Putting certain foods on a pedestal only makes them way more appealing when you've been actively avoiding them for so long. They start to preoccupy your thoughts. So instead, allow yourself small amounts of enjoyment food as part of your fitness diet. If you practice the first two steps that I've just talked about, so getting low calorie per bites foods, planning and spacing out your meals, if you practice that more often than not, you're going to be able to allow yourself some foods for enjoyment, some meals out, just not all the time. Um, so, and, and the, in that way, I really believe that you can enjoy those moments a lot more than if you are having an out of control moment with some food that you've either banned yourself from or been banned from, for example. And lastly, just know how to eat to maintain your results. So a lot of people can get weight loss results and they'll employ all sorts of methods that they may or may not enjoy or particularly like, but they, they may have had some success with it in the past. So then that means that that's their understanding of how you go about it. Um, so anyway, but they'll get to the end point and they'll decide, yep, I'm done. I've had enough of this. I'm just going to go back to, well, you don't consciously decide that, do you? Because when we're not that stupid, none of you are that stupid. It's just something that we do as humans. And like when we've lost weight as well, our body sort of has this little internal mechanism to try to get us to regain some of the body weight that we've lost. So if we're not really aware of how to do a maintenance diet or how to practice it, then we're going to fall trap 
into going back into those habits that start to regain some of that weight. So knowing how to eat to maintenance means that when you finished your fat loss um, period, whatever that looks like for you, or you may need a break from it, you don't stop all of the good habits that we've just spoken about. You keep it up. You just add some more food to that. So that's like your base level. Your fat loss diet is like um, the bones of your plan. And then you can add a little bit more food to that on a day-to-day basis. Maybe you might add a small meal or snack in, or you might add some additional you know, fats and carbohydrates to the, to the meals that you've got there um, where you know you'll use them and enjoy them. So don't stop tracking your daily habits at this point either because it's a process of finding out the amount of food, um, the meal frequency and your likes and dislikes that are going to help you to maintain your results. So you do need to keep track of those habits. And if you're eating a certain amount of food that you've logged, your workouts are feeling great and you're staying around the same-ish weight on average, congratulations, you've reached maintenance. So you've put together your own maintenance meal plan by being self-aware, keeping track of your habits, tinkering a little bit probably and practicing. So that's what it's all about. I hope you found this useful. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about in-person and online coaching options with me, I love to work with this stuff on my clients. You can email me at coach at fitaf.com.au to learn more or click the link in the show notes and I'll talk to you soon.